shrink. Right. So uh, I'm going to play you a song to get us started. something man if 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 they were singing like that when i first when when my aunt was first making me go to church maybe i would have stuck around because they were going off they were going crazy they're all hitting the notes and stuff like i like that amen amen uh so uh welcome to iron sharpens iron it's been a while since we've had an episode and uh, we welcome uh, the man that makes the show, <laughs> the man who's learning about the Bible, EJ. I'm still learning. You're still learning. Uh, well, the people who watch the show, 
have commented on how much uh, you they like you on the show. So <laughs> wait, wave to your fans. Yeah, I, got, I didn't even know I had fans. <laughs> Amen. I figured they'd tell you to bring somebody on that knows what they're talking about. No, no, no. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that listen to uh, a lot of different people who portray themselves as knowing uh, what they're talking about, and uh, people appreciate your curiosity. So, yeah, I go in, I go in claiming to not know anything. <laughs> so today we are going to be uh looking at mark 13 24 through 27 but before we do that that uh those that have been following iron sharpens iron know that we've been talking about david and uh we, we'll get back to david uh it's just that uh, in our study of david that the season of advent has come upon us and so i want to focus our attention on this season of advent and uh before we go in and explain about advent and look at this uh scripture in uh the chapter of mark 13 uh i would just like to uh bring our attention to the uh the bible and how the Bible is constructed. And so I'm going to bring an image up here on the screen. And uh, so this is the Bible as depicted as a bookshelf. I think that we've uh, said that uh, uh, the Bible is not a book. The Bible is a library of books. So if you uh, can see the screen, uh, you know, please look at it if you're able. And uh, for those that are listening, I'll explain um, uh, each shelf that we're looking at. So this bookshelf is divided uh, into two halves, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So going down, uh, the first group of books is the law. The first five books of the Bible, which some people call the Pentateuch and uh, Jewish people would call the Torah. So this is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the next group of books <clears throat> is history. So these are the books of history in the Bible. And they start with Joshua and with Esther. And uh, we've been in, uh, so I'll read all the books. It's uh, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. <clears throat> and so we've been in, I believe we were in First uh, Samuel talking about David. So then uh, after that, in the Bible, we have poetry, and that is uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. And uh, then we have uh, the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. All right, so there's, there's five books of major prophets. And uh, then we have the minor prophets. 
Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nam, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. So that makes up uh, that makes up the Old Testament of the Bible. And uh, EJ, would you hazard a guess as to uh, what what makes the major prophets the major prophets and the minor prophets the minor prophets? Hmm. By the try to take a guess, I would say the major prophets are called major prophets because they're probably getting uh they're probably getting um the good word straight from the Lord, right? I mean. And maybe well, the minor, maybe the minor prophets are just hearing the major prophets speak, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, regurgitate that," <laughs> even though we don't really know where it came from or who said it. But you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that too. All right, well, that, completely wrong. Well, that, uh, well, you are incorrect, <laughs> uh, but I, I'll I'll compliment you that that was a really good guess. Um, the the major prophets. And the minor prophets are designated that way merely by the length of their book. Ah, oh, so if you weren't a prolific writer, then get out of here. You're you're a minor prophet. <laughs> we need like we need like three thousand words or better. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And so then when we uh, go to the New Testament, uh, the uh, Gospels are uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The church history is the book of Acts. And then we have letters, uh, or what uh, uh, can be called epistles. And uh, that would be Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Jude, and then prophecy would be Revelation. I always thought that it was called the New Testament because it was like kind of like a, a remake of the Old Testament. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna redo it for the for the new gen so they understand what we're talking about. Well, it, it's kind it, it's kind of like that uh, with the coming of Jesus as Messiah, that Jesus came in fulfillment of the law of mm. that generated uh, out of the Torah, that he was the fulfillment of the law and that he was Messiah. He was the uh the person that came to to save everybody, and uh, the argument uh, between uh, say Christians and Jewish people is they don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Mm. But we have to acknowledge that Jesus was Jewish. And what? That... Wait, wait, whoa, wait, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you just blew you just blew my mind. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa. I thought he was like like what? What? Yes, Jesus is I'm, Jewish. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. What do you what do Since you think? Do you think he was like from from uh France or something? Well no, but I thought he was from like Egypt or something. I don't know. I didn't think they were like Jewish in Egypt. Yeah, he was Jewish. 
crazy. Blew my mind wide open. Yeah. So uh, I could go on and, and preach about what his uh, position was socially and, and politically. Um, let's just say that Jesus was uh, socially, politically, and economically disadvantaged. Are, being, are most of us. <laughs> being a Jew in the Roman Empire. Uh, they they were not uh, citizens of the empire, so there was different rights that they did not have. He was uh, from a poor community, and people looked down on people from Nazareth. Mm. And uh, our Creator God in heaven uh, announced the the Messiah, announced his son. Uh, in in a barn and not in a king's palace amen 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 I, my bad i was just thinking uh maybe maybe he he had him born in a barn because if he was just born in a big palace people probably wouldn't believe you know uh that he was the son of god or anything you know maybe they would be like oh whatever you whatever you say man you know I think okay. I think the uh I think the poor people have a little more reason to be to have some faith, you know. All right, amen. Their hearts might be open to the savior. Mhm. So, uh the reason why I I uh brought up this uh, diagram of the Bible was uh you know to give you an idea EJ and others uh where we were uh flipping around in the book. So we flipped from uh the histories to the gospel and specifically that we are in the the book of mark and uh for those who may not have uh, read the bible i've never opened a bible before uh the book of mark is a really good place to start uh because the mark is a very uh is the most concise gets right to the point in the gospels and then Others have said, if you want to know what the Bible is about, then read the Psalms. All right, so let's move on to talking about Advent and its significance. What is Advent? So I'm going to read this uh, this couple paragraphs from um, the uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, just to give us an overview, and I'll say some more. Uh, beginning the church's liturgical year, Advent is the season encompassing the four Sundays leading up to the celebration of Christmas. The Advent season is a time of preparation that directs our hearts and minds to Jesus, to Christ's second coming at the end of time and to the anniversary of our Lord's birth on Christmas. From the earliest days of the church, people have been fascinated by Jesus's promise to come back. But the scripture readings during Advent tell us not to waste our time with predictions. Advent is not about speculation. Our Advent re readings, our Advent readings call us to be alert and ready, not weighed down and distracted by the cares of this world. Like Lent, the liturgical color for Advent is purple, since both seasons that prepare us for the great feast days. Advent also includes an element of penance in 
this sense of preparing, quieting, and disciplining our hearts for the full joy of Christmas. Amen. Amen. So pretty much what they're saying is don't get worried about waiting and, and predicting and figure, trying to figure out when it's going to happen. Just, just. Well, it does want us to wait. Well, yeah, but they don't want you to worry about exactly when it's going to happen. Just right. be patient. Be patient and do what you got to do. And 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 and, and saying and in saying doing what you got to do. <laughs> uh, if there's any sins that uh, you have not repented for, that now is the time. That uh, do it before it's too late. Yeah, because Jesus could show up uh, right now. Oh, I'm or I'm done. I'm done now. Jesus could show up right now. Give me like give me like or give me like a, a couple days, please. Jesus could show up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we were supposed to be ready right now. We're supposed to be ready right now. And uh in some traditions, I just want to uh but uh, some, what some churches uh, do is they uh, light an Advent wreath. And so the Advent wreath is usually surrounded uh, by greeds, which uh, represent life. Uh, you know, they'd be like uh, pine tree greens, something that stays green all, all year round, like holly. Mm. Um, and then there would be uh, five candles around the perimeter of the wreath. Uh, would be three purple candles and one pink candle. The purple candles represent peace, hope. And then there's the pink candle and then love. And then the pink candle is for joy. And then there's a white candle in the middle, and that's the Christ candle. And that you would uh, light on uh, Christmas Eve, uh or Christmas, uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus. So I guess, the, I, I guess to wrap this up is to say that uh, we're preparing ourselves not only for Christmas, the first Advent, but we're preparing ourselves for the second Advent, which is the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he's coming back to bring everybody to heaven or to bring everybody into new Jerusalem. If you read revelation where new Jerusalem descends from the heavens and that we have uh, the, the old earth dies and that we have no need for the sun because we will live in the radiant light of the creator God. Amen. Amen. And then Jesus is, uh, will be our King. So, uh, so, so hold on. So he's going to save us and then the sun's going to like implode on itself. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to actually happen, but implosion might be one way. Yes. So are animals allowed in heaven? Cause once that sun goes, if they don't, if they're not allowed in, they're just all going to pass away. You know? It's yeah. Little, uh, harsh. I can't give you, I can't give you uh, a definite answer on animals. There are people who mixed a mixed bag of opinions, huh? Yes, and there are people who uh, downright uh, deny that animals would be in heaven. Damn. 
Those poor animals. <laughs> Tell it to your dog, right? Go look your dog right. in the face and say that. So let us look to our scripture. This is uh, Mark chapter 13, 24 through 37. Uh, there's something called the lectionary. The lectionary is a three-year reading plan that if you followed it, you would read the whole Bible in three years. And the lectionary is used by pastors. Um in the Catholic Church, there is a daily lectionary, and that if you have a Mass, you must use those scriptures that are listed in the lectionary. And then in uh, Protestant churches, uh, might use the revised, revised Standard Lectionary, which is a, a, a weekly schedule of, of readings, and uh, some require uh, that uh, the pastor follow the lectionary, others don't. Uh, but this Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, December third. What, 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 uh, which, which pastor are you? Well, I'm in a Catholic church now, so we have to do what is listed in the lectionary. So you're the former. Uh, yes. Because right? the latter, the latter sounds like they kind of just freestyle a little bit. Yeah, I was the latter. I was the latter. Um, when I was part of the AME, mm. I actually followed the lectionary unless I didn't like any of the scriptures. <laughs> oh, you didn't like them, but well, I, I I wasn't required. I wasn't required to. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Let's get uh, to Mark thirteen, verses twenty four through thirty seven. So, but in those days. Following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it twigs get its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happen, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Mm. But about that day, or our, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the, the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And in uh, uh, other, another translation, that last verse says, what I say to you, I say to everyone, Stay awake. 
Amen. Amen. But I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was your uh, initial reaction to this this scripture? Um, my, all right. So I'm not going to lie. My first thought, which is going to be maybe a little disrespectful it was it wasn't even about jesus and my 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 first thought was damn they know that the that the sun the sunlight is is reflected on the moon so if there's no sun then there ain't no moonlight and i was like so i was sitting there for at least at least 20 minutes like how the, how did they figure this out <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i was caught on for the for the first part for a little bit <laughs> but um after that, I was like, all right, so pretty much what, what he's saying is you got to be aware, stay vigilant. The only one that really, because didn't he kind of, didn't he kind of imply that um, the only one that really knows is is the big man upstairs? That's the only one right? who knows is the big man That's upstairs. That's the only one who actually knows when and where and how and why. Mm-hmm. So we just got to stay awake with our eyes open, our ears, our ears open. So uh, how do you feel about that? I'm I'm sleeping half the day, so ha- half of the time I'm definitely not going to be aware. Well, I think I might be in trouble. <laughs> so uh, do, so you take that literally that uh, if you if you're taking a nap and Jesus, comes I think back, so. If you're gonna... taking a nap, how are you going to know? How are you going to know? You know. Uh, well, I think there'll be. Uh, uh... I, I think there's going to be great. Like, like, tru- I, know, I know it's like a, like a metaphor, you know, like just like be, just be aware and, and, and yeah. open to this stuff. But I also I think the fact that Jesus is coming you. back, I think is going to wake everybody up. Oh, I hope so. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heavy sleeper. So if you're not staying awake, then I, I, the way I interpret it is that you're not doing what you need to do to make sure that you are prepared to be chosen to go with Christ. I'm not. Oh, how? How? What do you do to be chosen? You just have to believe. What well, yeah. is that? Is that what it is? Uh, Jesus came and told us that by our faith we are saved. If we proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we call Jesus Lord and we repent of our sins, then we're in pretty good shape. To but I thought I thought the big man upstairs was was referred to as the lord though well it can it can go both okay yeah it uh it it becomes it becomes kind of mind-bending when we look at our one god and three persons the father son and holy spirit Mm. they're not separate gods they're parts of one god i guess so i guess i guess uh jesus is is his technically his seed so that he did come from him yeah yeah oh. so yeah the, the contemplation on the uh triune god the father son and holy spirit uh uh can can become um quite an exercise uh the one uh the one illustration that i appreciate uh from richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan friar is uh, he's has a book called the divine dance and he um, equates the father, son and Holy spirit to a circle dance. Mm. 
Mm. And if you imagine the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, involved in a circle dance, that um, uh, the way I interpret that image is that uh, uh, one feeds uh, the energy of the next. When you said circle dance, I pictured the, uh, I think it's called the or Ouroboros. It's the, the, the dragon eating its own tail. Oh. So, you know, it just kind of just never ends. It just keeps going. Okay. So our God is uh, supposed to be eternal. Or I shouldn't say it, so I shouldn't say it that way. It's supposed to be eternal. <laughs> from, what, from what we understand, he is. He is eternal. Yes, he, he is eternal. always been and always will be, even when the sun implodes. Yes. Yes. So... Um, Let's just uh, unpack this uh, scripture a little bit and and um, talk about uh, a little bit about the end times. Um, I know that some people really, really uh, are focused on the end times, um, <clears throat> trying to figure out exactly what things mean. That's not exactly my thing because we're told that we need to be ready now. I was about to say, I think I think everybody should be worried about living in the moment, being present and, and aware. Yeah. Don't, don't worry so much about the future. Right, right. As long as you're doing what you got to do right now, everything should should work out. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't I don't see anywhere in the Bible when the end times coming that that uh, you should be prepping. Uh, you should be, uh, you know, digging your fallout shelter. Yeah, I was about to say everybody's like running, and you don't need you don't need a million like rolls of toilet paper or anything. You'll be fine. It's okay. Yeah. So, uh, I I figure if there's a great cataclysm, um, that stands to wipe us all out, I I'm not gonna hide in my basement. Maybe I will if it comes to pass. I don't know exactly what I'll do, but. From this perspective, I, I think I'm just going to go stand out in the middle of the street so I don't linger. <laughs> and, 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 I would, I, I'm going to make a prediction. I think if there is going to be some kind of cataclysm, it's going to be another flood. It's going to be another massive flood. Well, God said he wasn't going to do that again. No? He said the next time it would be with fire. Oh, oh no! I think I'd rather drown than get burned to death. <laughs> oh God! Why are you playing games like that? That's not cool. <laughs> you know what's just gonna hurt? Yeah, I think drowning's a little quick and a little more painless, a little less painful. Yeah. So right now we're going to uh, focus on uh, uh, just the first few scriptures, and I'm going to be using commentary and uh, scriptures that. Uh, uh, were contained in the commentary. So um, let's just go back and, and read the beginning. Uh, but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, 
from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. So, and that uh, in interpretation of scripture, you know, it is saying that the Son of Man, that Jesus Christ, is coming in the clouds and he will send his angels and gather the elect. Now, some people will interpret that the elect as the people that uh, God has predetermined as being saved, or other people might. Uh, I interpret that as people who lived correct and accepted God's grace uh, and are worthy to go with Christ. So they will gather as elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth and to the ends of the heavens. So uh, the commentary says Jesus pictures this time of great suffering as a great cosmic upheaval clothing the earth in darkness and uh we just heard that scripture about the sun being darkened the stars will fall from the sky and then the son of man will come in the clouds with great power and uh, so what we're going to also look at are some scriptures from the book from the minor prophet of daniel and Daniel uh, had uh, prophetic visions of what the end times would look like. And uh, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, it says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was a son, uh, was one like a son of man who comes with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, power, and sovereign power. All nations and his people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is everlasting dominion that will not pass away. His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Uh, no questions. Okay. I'm just I'm just trying to absorb all the information. Uh, so this uh, uh, commentary goes on. After that, the Son of Man will send angels to gather the elect from the ends of the earth. And what uh, David, uh, I'm sorry, what uh, Daniel tells us is that. Well, let me go back. After that, the Son of Man will send his angels to gather the elect from the ends of the earth. And that we heard that in verse 27, Mark 13 and 27, and he will send his angels to gather the elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. And what Daniel tells us in chapter 7 of uh, the book of Daniel, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. So the impression that we get is that Jesus is coming back as a great, as a great king. The King of King, the Lord of Lords. And uh, going onward, the key element in the discourse is the coming 
of the Son of Man. In one of his visions, Daniel saw a series of beasts intent on bloodshed. And uh, if you are interested in seeing uh, how these beasts are described, uh, you could go to Daniel chapter 7, read verses 1 through 7. But uh, I just can assure you that he describes different beasts. And they represent the conflicting kingdoms of human history. A perpetual mm. cycle of nation rising against nation. And that David, uh, sorry, I keep saying David because this is uh, abbreviated DA. Mm. Uh, Daniel, Daniel tells us in chapter 2, uh, verse 44, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. And then mm -hmm. Daniel saw a vision of the judgment day with the Ancient of Days taking his seat. The court seated, the books opened. And it says, as I looked, Thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. His uh, hair on his head was like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. And then the dominion of the beastly human powers is stripped. Then only, then the only human figure enters the court scene like one or one like a son of man who comes to the Ancient of Days and receives the position of authority in the kingdom of God. And in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him, his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So they really drove that point home about the kingdom to come will never be destroyed. Well, it's not on earth, so they, you know, we, we won't be able to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you right now, if it was somewhere on this planet, man would figure out a way to mess stuff up. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so that is an argument as why we need a savior. We need. I, there, there was this quote. There was this quote that I heard, and I think it's very, uh, it's very accurate. It, this guy was like, "When, when will man see eye to eye?" And this other guy said when our numbers fall to one or less. And I'm like, that's probably the truth, man. 
Well, we're never going to agree till all of us are gone. That certainly may be. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to think that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, you want to see the good in people, but you know, there's a lot well, of yes. I, I kind of agree because even me, me and you get along. Me and you are friends, but you know, sometimes I, I feel like maybe we we might disagree on something, you know. And I think that's that's what it means, you know. Even if even if me and you agree on most things. There's got to be one thing that we won't agree on, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I think it's okay to uh, to disagree. It's just how you react mm. as a result of that disagreement, you know? Uh, and I, I have think... a question uh -huh. about, because uh, you said that everybody that, uh, from all different backgrounds and all different languages will will gather and they'll they'll all be under him. So I was thinking, right? What about these people that have no idea? You know, like the the these tribes that are uncontacted. They don't they never seen anybody else. Do they you think they know about about like the Lord and stuff or what's gonna happen to them? Well that's that, think... that is a theological question <laughs> that I can tell you that uh Methodist theology uh, believes in something called prevenient grace or preventing grace. So if somebody had never was uh, offered salvation through Jesus Christ, didn't know who Jesus was, that the belief is that, G that, that God's grace, uh, that the grace that Jesus earned on the cross uh that if somebody did not have the opportunity to accept or reject, that they would be saved. You know what? That's a good deal. You're a good man, Jesus. And uh, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to salvation, and the more that uh, the more people that you meet, and uh, the more that you're exposed to the struggles that people go through that um, uh, binary, uh, say, day of judgment, uh, a binary good-bad, uh, seems absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say, does Jesus and the Lord, did they not believe in uh, gray, shades of gray? I, uh, I, I believe they do. Okay. And uh, somebody might, might uh, point to a scripture where, you know, Jesus divides the the sheep and the goats. Uh, but I still think that you can do that if, when God and Jesus are seeing shades of gray. Mm. Um, there are going to be some people that aren't going to make it. I mean, that uh, for a long time, that's what I believed is that there were going to be as you know, there. I thought that there would be more winners than losers because of God's compassion and Jesus' sacrifice. Now, uh, as a Franciscan, uh, that uh, Francis theology, and I, I can't speak uh, definitively about it, but I've uh, been exposed to different uh, assertions that uh Salvation is is uh, given to everyone because of Jesus, uh, Jesus's incarnation, not his sacrifice. 
Mm. That's a different theological question that maybe sometime we could uh, broach on, on this show. Oh yeah. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. But I need to, I need to get, uh, I need to expose myself to, to more uh, on that. So let's uh, move on. So the next part of the scripture says, uh, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it twigs, its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And what commentary tells us is what happened to the fig tree was a sign of the coming harvest. Now, Jesus calls on his friends to understand the parable. Once this sequence of events begins, it, which is the kingdom of God, is near. It's right at the door. The moment when the Son of Man receives the kingdom of God is not far off and within this generation. So what Jesus was telling people was that the generation that was alive was going to see these things. Mm. And this has been, this has been a, a, a source of reflection and debate that now, 2023 years later, we're still waiting for him to come back. Oh, still waiting. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So oh. um, what I can say about that is that we can't possibly come anywhere close to understanding an all-wise, all-knowing, and all-present and eternal God. Amen. I can't understand most, like most people, though. So. Right. I can't even wrap my head around what what goes through their minds, you know, through or through 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 his mind, right? And and his and his his old man, you know. So the last part of the scripture says, "But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert." And do not, you do not know when that time will come. It's like man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. So we are keeping watch, waiting for the owner of the house to come back. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the angels, like the, like the, like the his, his, his number one. Servants or, or or people, whatever, however you want to describe them, they don't even know. They don't. They don't get them. They don't have the memo. No, there's no memo. That's crazy. The Creator God, the Father, is sitting in his office. Is there a reason he just doesn't want to with tell? No them memos. Anything? He's like, listen, if I tell you, you're gonna one of you might snitch on I, me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's up to the Father. And then it says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. 
If he comes back suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Do what I say. I say to everybody, watch, stay awake. So does this bring a, a, any kind of a, a different meaning of living life? Like making sure and, and you, that you're ready to go with Jesus? Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if Jesus really knows how complicated life is these days, man. There's a lot of people got to worry about on a day-to-day -day basis, you know? Well, Jesus knew how complicated it was when he was walking the earth. I think it got, it got even more complicated. I think, I think before he shows up in like, you know, like for, like, like for the end times, I think he should, he should show up in like a costume and, you know, in, in a getup. So nobody knows So he could walk around and see what's actually going on right so, now. So what makes this world more complicated than the world Jesus was in? I think it was simpler back then. You think so? I think, I think so. I don't, there wasn't no massive, massive countries that are just trying to mangle other countries. There's no yes, giant there was. Weapon. Yeah, but there was. There's that a was, Roman Empire. No, I know, I know that, but the. <laughs> pre, all right, so what? What I'm saying is like, yeah, they disagreed, and sure, they were killing each other, but I don't think that, that to the extent that we are now. You know, it's so easy. They just they just push a button, and millions are gone. You know what I mean? Like I know, but the 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 Roman Empire certainly wreaked havoc. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And that there's certain things that uh, can be done in this day and age, but with all the surveillance, you know, across the globe, uh, the idea of a sneak attack is, is almost gone. I just think that he needs to freshen up and see what, what's going on today. That's all. So he, Before. so so you don't believe he's 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 monitoring uh, what's going on on Earth. I think I think the big man upstairs is watching everything. You know, I I think I don't know I don't know I I feel like I all right. So I think I think God right is like you know in like a security room with all the monitors on the wall. You know, <laughs> and I think Jesus is only is only he only got one. He only got one TV and he just, he has to flip through channels one by one. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So I don't, I don't know if he has the full, full picture at all times is what I'm saying. Like the, everything going on. Cause you know, it, 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 it even said it like he doesn't know the Lord, like big man upstairs knows everything. He knows when and why and how. Mm -hmm. So. Well, that's, that's an interesting uh, perspective. I'm not saying that he he doesn't know what's going on. I just I I think his field of vision is a little now narrower than than the Lord's. Uh huh. All right. So is this going to inspire you to live your life any differently? Uh, I try to live my life uh, as a good person. You know, I don't. It's not really going to change change my day to day. I try okay. to be a good dude. All right. I don't want to go out there hurting anybody, you know? So uh, my, my last question is, does 
the prospect of a kingdom with no end bring you hope? As a human being, I can't imagine something that doesn't end. You know what I mean? <laughs> we are finite beings, so everything has to end for us sooner or later. Well, so flesh, imagining something that is eternal is very hard to wrap my mind around. I know. But your flesh is eternal, your soul. I mean, your flesh is finite, your soul is eternal. Mm. That's deep. Amen. So uh, we end the episode the same way every time with EJ bringing us out in prayer. <laughs> okay, okay. Dear Lord, thank you for for uh, for everybody having a hopefully having a, a good holiday. Everybody being safe. Uh, thank you for 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 all you give us for the food for 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 everything, bro. For for the sun, we need that sun. Clearly, at the end of the days, when it's gone, we're not gonna need it, but we need it now. Um, I'm not good at this, man. <laughs> um, wrap it up in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank, amen. You you, thank you for everything you do for us. Very good. Someone said, uh, I heard recently, there's two types of prayers. Help and thank you. Well, I'm not looking for help. I'm just, I'm just grateful. Amen. Good night.
Christo, Fabian.